Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 299. This episode is sponsored by Ned. Have you guys tried Ned yet? We're talking about it almost every week now. So if you want to support the podcast and you want to jump in, dive into the pool of CBD, Ned are your guys. Ned are your guys, Ned? (laughs) It feels like a subject verb disagreement. We love Ned. We love the company. They are a Colorado company. They are so wonderful. We really, really trust their product. It does not have any THC in it. It is made from the type of cannabis plant that does not have any THC at all made from the hemp plant rather than like what we think of more as the marijuana plant. You can start out with they have three different concentrations of CBD extract that are available. You can start out with a 300 milligram um, and then there's also the next one is 750 and then the one after that is what, 1,000? Mm-hmm. So we and Ned recommend for you to start out with a 300 and there's really no reason for that because you can't overdose on, on CBD. The only reason to start out low is that it's cheaper yep. and you might not need the higher dose. Correct. And so don't waste your money. Yeah. Everyone we know is on the Ned train in our families. They love it. It helps all of our family members with sleep, our friends have been like, we recommended it to a friend recently and she texted us the next day and she was like, is this how people feel who get sleep? I feel so good. And she texted like, right? us a photo of her hair. She's like, I yeah. slept so hard. My hair is curly. <laughs> so if you want curly sleep hair, no guarantees that Ned will give you curly Look hair. Look no However, further. Seriously, guys. You don't have to braid your hair at night anymore. Just take some <laughs> CBD. Um, and if you are not quite ready to ingest CBD or and you, you're just like, you know what? CBD is not for me, but I still want to support the podcast. Go get the chapstick, chapstick. guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. Chapstick is great. I still remember you like pitching this to a stranger on the train. I did. Being on like, the bus. have you tried CBD like, chapstick? Oh my gosh. Have you mm-hmm. had hemp chapstick? Yeah. It's amazing. It's CBD like chapstick. Hemp chapstick. It's like angels laying on your lips. Uh, in a non-weird way. Anyway, go make out with some angels with this chapstick. <laughs> so go to helloned.com, discount code GGW. All your CBD dreams will come true. Come true. Episode 299. 299. We are just on the brink of 300. We Our are. party is coming up this week. Thank you to everyone who bought tickets and sold out this event. We're so excited to have you. If you plan on coming, we cannot wait to meet everyone and have a live podcast episode, watch Mean Girls, eat tacos, and just have a grand old time. If you are listening to this and you are coming to the event, quick reminder, please be right on time because we're on a very tight schedule. Get in your seats. Be prepared to laugh and sing the Mean Girls songs because we're going to have like the Mean Girls movie be a live participation but only movie. so but not into the microphone you Mm-mm. can't sing on the podcast no we <laughs> won't do wear, that dress up like dress up like Joy dress up like Claire dress up like Regina George wear leggings wear sweatshirts just whatever you want to wear you come hungry wear. come ready to hang out with some fun people totally. lots of people are flying solo so don't worry if that's you yes it's gonna be so fun yeah I, and I'm just I'm like, I'm half hoping that I just like go into labor today and just get it out of the way. Claire. And then I can come back like, but then I'll be fine because by next week I'll be able to be there. As long as I don't go into labor on like Saturday, okay. that would be a problem. Oh my gosh. That's a, okay. I could sit there and wow. podcast I know. in a week. Whew. Okay. It's not, I know. Joy is really stressed out about me going into labor. I'm real party. stressed out. Um, it's it's fine. Happen. It's fine. It's uh, it's fine. It's, you know what? If if I can't be there, Sandy's gonna be. Sandy's there. gonna be there. David's gonna be there. David's gonna be everyone. There. Oh I'll gosh. just bring up everyone one at a time, and we'll just have a chit chat. Yeah, you can <laughs> so, Skype me in. I uh, sound guy will be able to figure out how to yeah, Skype me in. Totally. We have a great sound, guys. So thank you guys in advance. I'm so excited to meet everyone. And for real though, I'm not gonna go to. No, she's not. <laughs> she's I not. wish. Yeah. 
I have a I have an idea. Someone wrote recently about <laughs> we should start calling this the what should we do with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was we should have like a, a Marie Kondo show yes. called What's the Plan for What's This? What's the plan for this? And, and I laughed I, so hard. That's it's that comment is gonna go down in like my top five it really favorite is. comments of all time. That and he vapes now, which if she's yeah. still listening, I really want to hear from her. How you doing? Is he still vaping? I wanna know if he vapes now. I still wanna know if he vapes. That was such a great oh so that's such good. a great line. That yeah. That was the But so the yeah. Marie Kondo have you watched that show yes, yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Aunt, have you? I haven't, and here's why. I feel like once I get in, it's just like hoarders. I will get rid of everything yes, in my house. You will. Yeah. It's like it's like hoarders for normal people. Because in hoarders, at least you can be like, Well, I don't have seven hundred cats and I'm not like sleeping in a pile of newspapers from nineteen ninety. Right. And in this one, you're like, oh my gosh, that's my house. Like I don't have tiny boxes organizing all my drawers. I bought the tiny boxes. Marie Kondo wore army pants and flip-flops so i bought army pants and flip-flops uh-huh. so it is i will say however that the people so marie kondo is like fully japanese she barely speaks english yeah so she has a translator but like the family i only watched the first two the families are really annoying are they and i also read something recently that i kind of agreed with about the first episode where it's like it's kind of your quintessential like you know dad's out of the house a lot of the time the mom is a stay-at-home mom with two young kids it's really hard to keep the house clean and this is like a point of contention in their marriage and her like even one of the things she decided to do was to pay someone else to do their laundry so she like sends the laundry out and for some reason he like really is bothered by this and it's like dude i so i saw something that was like maybe she this woman needs to get rid of her husband if she's really trying to only keep things that spark joy because like Here's this woman who is staying at home with two toddlers, has put her career on hold, and her husband's, like, being a little bitchy about how she's, like, too busy to do the laundry. Like, really, dude? And so that did kind of feel – like, I kind of noticed that when I was watching. I was like, this feels a little, like, Mm. gender role-y to Mm -hmm. me, but whatever. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. But it does. It makes you, like, immediately want to go through all of the things. I just – yeah. And and so then I thought, I feel like there's there's Hoarders, there's the Marie Kondo show – but where are the people that just kind of like lay in the middle? Like, is it that bad to have like some stuff that's kind of laying around? Like, what's the plan for this? I want, you know what? I want people and some people have actually started doing this is sending us pictures of their what's the plan for this situations. I love it. I am loving so if it. You have I am an, loving it. I love what's the plan for this because it's also like <laughs> my most passive aggressive marriage hack. Yes. And so this is going to be our, our tagline. This is our show. What's the plan for this? And the tagline is passive, passive aggressively sparking joy. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone out there has spouses like this, but I think a lot of people live with other people who their version of cleaning is making piles. Totally. And I think, and I know this is like a common problem and it'll be like, Hey, can you clean that up? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then like you come back later and it's still in the same place. And now it's just in a pile. Totally neat piles. I'm, and I'm it, kind of guilty of that, but yes, I, I can be mm-hmm. for sure. Um, especially if it's just like kind of junk room, like I would have to, it would take me so much time to find a home for this stuff. Right. That like mail is like that where I still haven't quite, you know, like gone through you know, it processed yeah. or, but sometimes like, for example, Brandon's going to hear this. He's going to be like, that was one time. Last week, Brandon was maybe going to go skiing on Monday. And his car window got broken. We live in a, you know, kind of sketchy neighborhood sometimes. And so somebody tried to break the 
back windshield of his car looked like maybe with a hammer. They didn't get in. They didn't take anything out of his car. But that leads me also to be, I was like, maybe you should clean your car out because you can't like there could be anything in there. It's just like a trash pile. That was not the point. The point was that he had gotten out all of his skiing stuff and then he just like left it in this huge pile on top of our dresser. And that night I was like, Brandon, what's all this? And he goes, oh, it's all my skiing stuff. It was like, like no one human. There were like several pairs of pants, several sweatshirts, several base layers. It's like, you are ski patrol. Like, you know, you, you don't need all this stuff. I was like, okay, what's the plan for this? <laughs> Why is this still sitting here? Why does it need it? And like all this stuff has a home. Yeah. You took it out of there this morning. Right. Why does it need to like make a layover on the top of our dresser for two weeks <laughs> while you wait to put it away? Because <laughs> where is the home? Where does it go? In the garage or what? No, I like some of it just goes back in the drawer sure. so that we okay. have like a okay. bag in the basement for base layers. Like, so it wasn't just like, oh, put it back in the drawer, but it wasn't like, you know, mail or trap, you know. Would have maybe taken 10 minutes of right. moving. Right. To get it to its home. Yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. like, well, uh, you know, I just I just didn't get around to putting that away today. I'm like, it's been one week. It is still there. I organized the pile. Yeah. <sighs> Sometimes I'll do that with Scott and I'll kind of like conveniently put things in a very obvious place to be like, this goes somewhere. Please put it away. And then sometimes I will be guilty of hiding things in my car because I know that if I it was like out in the house, he'll be like, what do we, what, where does this come from? What are you going to do with this? So then I'll hide things in my car, which then if he sees it in my car, he's like, why is this in here? <laughs> the other marriage hack that I think is really funny is I think someone wrote an email about knocking the pile down, which my dad is so guilty of doing when it comes to dishes. So after dinner, I think it was someone, it was so funny, but they were like, after making dinner, they'll do the dishes. Like one partner will do the dishes, but not the big hefty dishes that are too hard to clean. So my dad calls it knocking the pile down. He'll be like, yeah, I knocked the pile down for you, but like left the ones that are like the worst to clean that you like have to really scrub and like get into. Also, like, isn't everybody guilty? Uh, not even like, this is just me by myself. Like Brandon has nothing to do with this where you'll clean the whole kitchen. You'll be like, yes, I'm done. And you'll turn around. There's like one more pan on the stove. Oh. Like, how did that, How, who put that there? Yeah, How did that get there? They just come, come from out of it's nowhere. Just, it's yeah. like you have, it's like it's invisible until uh -huh. you think you're done. And then all of a sudden it just materializes covered in like burned on gravy or something. Yes. Crap, or yeah. like chicken grease. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we also have been getting some emails when we're talking about marriage tax of people being like, you know, I just let it go because like, you know, there's, I recognize that my husband is, does a lot of things for me and is a great guy. And, you know, it's in my best interest to just look at the pile and just walk past it. Mm -hmm. And if that is you, we agree. Yeah. And if that's not you, that's okay, <laughs> it's too. It's okay. And that's kind of more why we do marriage checks. It's just trying to normalize those little moments of like... The littlest things. Like the Scott, littlest things, Scott yes. will get so mad at me for saying this, but he refuses to like close the lids on things. So whenever I grab something, the lid, the lid, lid falls off. He never... Like what? Like vitamins, protein powders, anything with a lid... He doesn't fully Lit screw it. Oh, that would drive me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that would not, I would not be cool with that at all. <laughs> he just will not screw on. What a weird thing. <laughs> just, like, he puts the lid on, but just, like, won't twist it. Yep. It's too much. Yep. Weird. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> this is also why I love marriage tracks because you learn these things about people's people and you're like, huh, maybe that thing that I thought was like annoying as shit, like actually not that big of a deal. At least Brandon screws the lids back on. Bro. 
you're like you're like that would drive me crazy oh my gosh i would knock yeah. things over constantly yeah <laughs> just, i do and so now i have to like carefully grab anything with a lid because i'm like ah, you just never know what's gonna just yeah. fly out yeah oh my gosh. yeah it's so it's annoying right. it's <laughs> yeah just one just one yeah nope so <laughs> funny oh my gosh well and then anyway so that so we don't we don't bring all this up just to like make fun no of oh my gosh we love them we love they them are amazing. so you guys much know that. it's like we just love these are the things the evil... that we choose to just look past because we yeah, but otherwise they, they, we would probably go crazy yeah but they exist for all of us and i and like this came up if you guys are unfamiliar with the uh beginning of the marriage hack was we had a good friend who separated from her husband and once we started talking about like, hey, you know, here are the things that annoy me about my husband or she and she started saying like, gosh, he'd always do this. And we were like, yeah, I mean, our husbands do that, too. And it also started with when I first got married to Brandon and Joy had our, and Scott had already been married for five years. I would text her and be like, oh, my gosh, Brandon's doing this thing. Like, what the F? And she'd be like, oh, yeah, Scott does that. And our friend who was separated, like, I feel like just when she finally started to talk about these are the things that drive me nuts. And we were like, yeah like we kind of have those types of things too it really changed her perspective and I know that it also really changes my perspective anytime I text Joy or our other friends or whoever about like oh my gosh Brandon's doing this thing and everyone's like oh my husband does that too and it's like okay my marriage is not falling apart I didn't choose the wrong person everyone is just a human and they do these stupid things and you know yeah you just want to normalize it yeah so and it's it's also a good reminder because, you know, treating people in couples therapy too, like one of the number one things that people think when they come in for therapy is like, if this person would just stop doing this, then I would be happy. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay. This is not how it works. Like, you, it, I guarantee you, if the if the partner stopped doing whatever was a, that was annoying you, there will be more things to uncover. So it's just never about that. And we just kind of like to make light of the like the silly things that may get on your nerves. Because really, at the end of the day, it's like you got to pick your battles. And Scott will joke about that with me too, because there'll be things I do that I'm like, "What? I'm I bother you? What are you talking about?" No, <laughs> I'm I am perfect. perfect. I am a, I am a perfect wife. Please recognize me for the perfect goddess that I am, and put away your long underwear. He's Brandon's going to listen to this and like go immediately into the room and put away his long underwear, which will probably still be out by the time he hears this. Anyway, oh my god. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, let's move on from okay. that. I do have a quick question on how shake it off, shake it off. How the Facebook deletion is going, and I ask because Scott just did it too, and he's like super happy with it. I honestly don't even notice it. Yeah, anymore. so it's you like it was deleted the app from your phone. Deleted the app from my phone, and so when I'm on the computer, I don't re- restrict myself. But I find even that like when I'm on the computer, you just inspired I, me. I'm doing it right now as we're talking. Do it right now, mm-hmm. there's no reason. And the only reason that I keep Instagram on my phone is because you can't post from desktop. If I could post a photo from desktop on Instagram, I would delete that from my phone as well. Yeah. Um, And also you can't DM from desktop. So, you know, like Instagram is meant to be an app, which is kind of annoying. But anyway, I literally, I don't even notice it anymore. And I'm on my computer, you know, not infrequently, but even still, it's just like now it's out of my habit. I'm out of the habit. And so I even if I'm on my computer, I'm not on Facebook that much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been great. I highly recommend it. And if, you know, 
I still have the Messenger app. I still have the Pages app. But even those, I find, like, if I'm not just constantly scrolling Facebook, then I don't really spend as much time on those either. But if somebody, like, really wanted to message me, I still it would still come up on my phone. Right. There's avenues that you're going to get the message. I saw someone recently, I can't remember which Instagram person it was that talked about they were going to stop scrolling for the new year, or they were just going to be more mindful of like when they're scrolling and maybe have a couple days where they're zero scrolling. Like we do that for some Sundays. And it's, we did that a lot last year. But I think for the most part, I think overall, just being really mindful of when you're scrolling. And what are you scrolling for? What are you looking for? And that's something since you deleted the Facebook app, how I'm just being more mindful of when I jump on Facebook on my phone, I'd be like, why am I, what am I getting out of this? I'm reading Mm -hmm. some headlines, but for the most part, the headlines that I want to look at are on my newsfeed, like actual New York Times news app. app. And so those are the things where I'm like, okay, I need to stop reading the mindless you know, posts that people are posting or the rants that people are posting that really aren't adding any value to my life. There's really nothing besides wishing people happy birthday, which I can just do on my desktop <laughs> or send them a personal message that I really am getting out of Facebook. So I'm going to see how this goes too. I just deleted it right here on the podcast. Breaking if you guys are inspired. Go to, I mean, honestly, yeah. like what like, is happening on Facebook? What is really happening? To know about more than, than a couple times a week. Right. I mean, really, the only account you ever need to follow in your entire life is Insta Goldens. Yes. So good. Not even us. <laughs> Not even us. us. I don't we even don't... care if you follow us. Just yeah, Insta Goldens. I mean, whatever. We're, we're whatever. Yeah. Insta Goldens is where it's at. God, it's such a good. The one recently where the, like, the guy was just covered in gold, like golden puppies. Yes, the puppies over his Stop face. it. Just. Awesome. Just stop it right now. If you ever have a bad day, just go bathe in some golden puppies. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. We'll keep us updated on that. A quick update on dry January because people are asking me about that as well. And the, what day am I on here? I love that little app. Like at first I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of annoying because you have to track, you don't have to track it every day. You click on the little day, like every day there's a calendar and you just say whether or not you drink that day. So let's see. I am in three weeks in. Yeah, this is, today's the 20th. So I have like a good 11 days left. What I did not expect would be how easy it is. Like at first, because I really like wine and I really felt like, oh, this is just going to be annoying. Like if I want to want to go out with friends. But when you make your mind up to do something, you're just kind of like, oh, this is what we're doing this month. And what's been surprising for me is how easy it's been. I do feel like I'm sleeping better. And again, like I kind of laugh about this because I don't really drink that much, but the amount apparently that I did drink affected my sleep. I have way more energy in the morning. I can tell in my workouts, like I almost like feel like an extra gear that I can kick into. So yeah, I'm glad I did it. I mean, there's nothing that I would really go back and be like, dang, I wish I would have drank more in January. So if you guys want to do it, it's year round. You can track it beyond January, but I just, I like the app too, because it has a lot of good resources on it. So I'm going to do it through January and I'll Go back to having glasses of wine here and there. But I think, if anything, it was like, oh, cool. I did gain some insight from this practice. I think the biggest piece is having a reliance on a substance. Totally. I feel like with alcohol, you know, once again, like true addiction aside, I feel like alcohol is one of those things that once 
it seems like a big deal to take it away. But once it's gone, you pretty kind of like the Facebook app, like you pretty quickly realize like, I didn't really need that. Like I haven't actually drank in like a year. Right. Because like starting about this time last year was when I was pregnant for the first time and then I didn't drink in between my pregnancies. I just didn't want to like mess with anything. Right. And every once in a while, like over the summer, there were a couple of times where I'd be like out and about and be like, man, it would be really nice to go, you know, sit on a patio and like have a margarita right now. But honestly, what I really was wanting in that moment was like just a fun time to sit on a patio. Exactly. The margarita, you know, was just sort of circumstantial, but like I could have had just as good of an experience and, and, you know, always did just going and having kombucha or whatever. And yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. I mean, like Brandon will sit there at the end of the night and have a beer and it's like, you know, I can see the appeal in that. Yeah. I'm sure it's really tasty. Like Brandon's mom every year for Christmas gets us this beer of the month club and cheese of the month club, which by the way, are great gifts, guys. If you guys are like looking for gifts for difficult people, literally just Google it because it's like things of the month club dot com or something but um it's not like a specialty you know so that's like fun for him he you know gets to try out all these different beers and blah 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 i don't know i really 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 just don't even think about it anymore yeah it's crazy there's there's some stuff that i do i mean i mean we can you know i miss sushi like there's stuff that i can't that i'm like man i'm gonna be really excited when that's back in my life but for alcohol it's just like you know eh. yeah And I think the thing that I like the most about this practice is it made me really look at food and substances as something that you really have an emotional tie to at times and how that may or may not affect your life. And I am really, really not someone who's super tied to alcohol, but I do love sitting at night and having a glass of wine. And so it's something that I can will continue to do in my life. But I think the cutting it out made me realize like, oh, this is really important to kind of see how I was more relying emotionally on something to kind of like have that practice at night to be like, oh, this right, is how I unwind. Why can't you do that with like tea? Totally. Or, I've been yeah. drinking more tea. And it's like, oh, but it's not as fun. You don't get that relaxing feeling. And I'm like, but if I'm not doing that on my own, why do I need a substance to do that for me? Scott's doing it as well. And it's kind of cool for us to kind of to do this together and also find new things to do at night. Like we're making dinner, but we're not having alcohol or we go out to dinner, we don't have alcohol. And it's also helpful just to have a buddy to do it with. But if anything, it's making me realize just kind of having that presence at night to be like, oh, I having alcohol has felt more like a reward as opposed to just like that neutral thing. And I think if anything, that's kind of what has made me realize that I was putting a reward mechanism on alcohol. Mission accomplished. I have some insight. Fantastic. Great dry January. So I want to talk about really briefly, it may turn into a longer conversation, but did you see the Gillette commercial that everyone was losing their mind over? And it's kind of stirred me up a little bit. I did. And uh, the one where it's like... We can do better. We can do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked it. It actually made me cry because I'm very hormonal. And for me, like I even recently... For me, it hit home because I have a son. And I was like, how can I raise him, you know, to not even... You know, even those moments of like, oh, boys will be boys, you know, and that was sort of like the the mantra. Was so like, if people don't know what we're talking about, by the way, Gillette released yeah. a new commercial that I highly suggest you, if you want to kind of get in on the conversation, pause the episode real quick, watch it, it'll take two minutes and then come back. But it was a new campaign that they launched 
um, that kind of covered a lot of the issues that are facing our society today with men and masculinity, and more or less asking men that we can do better than what we've been doing. It was a call to action. I thought it was really well done, but social media kind of lost their crap. And there was a lot of differing opinions. So go ahead. Yeah. So it it kind of it very much highlighted like we can do better like kind of a little bit had this like if you see something say something sort of ring to it of like you know if you see a, someone getting bullied or you see someone you know cat calling another or like, cat calling a woman or you see whatever like don't just decide oh that's just how it is and kind of go about your day like say something to that person and be the one who stands up and says you know what that's not okay and for me it definitely hit home because of Miles. And we always are thinking like, how can we raise him in a way where he's really mindful of these things and, you know, that we don't take this like boys will be boys approach. And even down to, you know, how do we treat the conversation around like play fighting and play guns? And it's so easy to be like, oh, all little boys do that. It's like, well, yeah, most little boys do, but that doesn't mean that you have to just, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't like, be a part of that, um, of directing that in the right way. I talk to Miles a lot about if somebody doesn't want you in their space or if somebody doesn't want something or basically, you know, starting with very, very, very early age of more or less no means no. Like if I say no, you have to listen to me. It doesn't matter why I said no. And that even comes up with like, you know, mommy, will you play with me? Like, no, I'm doing something else right now. Or just no. Well, why not? doesn't matter. I said no. And, you know, obviously, like, I'm not heartless. Like, if he, you know, I'm not just saying no for the reason of saying no. But if I have a reason or if he's in my space or if he's doing something that I don't like or whatever, like, I try to be really, we've really are already trained to teach him, like, if somebody doesn't like what you're doing and they say no, stop what you're doing. And then, you know, you can talk about it. It's not, well, I want you to do that and therefore you have to. You know, we even like, and now I'm getting like down this whole road of parenting, but we even, Brandon and I have talked about, you know, not play fighting of like, Brandon would kind of have these play fights with him where Brandon would go, no, no, don't do that. And, but he really, he would be egging him on. And it was like, no, that's not okay because I don't want him ever to think that somebody is playing when they say, no, no, don't do that. And I would much rather him, you know, at age, God, I hope it's not to like 18, but you never know, um, you know, have some girl who is like, or guy, you know, who's sort of playfully be like, oh, don't do that. And have him stop and have him go, well, what are you doing? And, and have him say, well, you said don't do that. Yeah. Rather that happened a thousand times. As and opposed have, and to then, just being like, oh, but you're kidding. Yeah. Exactly. And have them be like, no, no, it's okay. I was just kidding. Or like, oh, I was just playing or whatever. Sure. I would rather him have that moment a thousand times than even half a time of somebody saying, no, don't do that. And him thinking like, oh, they must just be joking. So right. anyway, all that to say that that ad really like got my wheels turning. Of up. course. I think it you got know. a lot of parents thinking. I think it yeah. got a lot of, you know, I've heard a couple people on other podcasts talking about this too, but more from the the dad perspective. So that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it because there were some conversations and things that I saw that really made me sad <laughs> in the realm of, oh, you're taking away our masculinity. And I'm like, that's not it at all. That is so not the point. That is so not the point. And to think that that is the point made me so sad because I thought, wow, they really don't get it. They really don't get it. Like that just made me so sad. And you can't make people get it. Or am I just crazy? Like, <laughs> no, there was one thing that I saw. And I, I mean, like, I, here's, the, okay, so I have so many thoughts about that. The first one is that I saw a funny, re, re, like, kind of retort to that, where you know how people will say, like, oh, you know, not all men. Yeah. And it was like, 
Gillette, we can do men. We can do better men. Not all men. <laughs> I was like, touche. But a couple of things. The first one is that I've really been realizing lately when it comes to confronting your privilege, which is like even just that phrase, confronting your privilege is like such a hot topic. Uh-huh. But I think the biggest thing I, for a while, um, and one, one place where I'm really like trying to be really um, especially conscious of this lately is when I talk about public lands and I have not really been acknowledging like Native American experience in that at all. And especially when I talk about the history of public lands or I post about it on my personal Instagram, which I do a lot. But I recently realized like, you know, I have not in any way, shape or form acknowledged like the whole huge ridiculous history of Native Americans on public lands and like you can't separate the two, but I have, but we have all that to say that I was trying to sitting there trying to think like, how can I, how can I do this in a way that is not offensive, which is important. Like, I don't want to be go out just be like, if you guys am here, but, 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 but I, I, th- I think that's, that kind of goes on a lot of the conversations what we've been having is you may be offensive and then someone may call you out on it and then you'll go, Oh, okay. Now I do better. So I think that's the exact point of what we're talking about too is we're we're very careful of having conversations that we don't want to offend people, but we may offend someone. And then we go, okay, well, we need to keep having these conversations so we learn more about where everyone's coming from so then we can totally. do better. And, we'll, yeah. and we talked about that in our episode with right. Will from Outwad. Like, right. I think, but so the kind of revelation that I had was what I need to work on. Yes, sure. I'm not just going to blaze into a conversation and like just start saying whatever I want. I want to try to be respectful. But if somebody calls me out for being offensive, I cannot get offended by that. I have to just say, okay, you know, and I think that that is what so many people do is they're like, they immediately, someone says like, hey, that was offensive the way that you said that or like, hey, that's not, they immediately fly on the on the defensive at that point of like, well, I didn't mean to be offensive. Like you should just notice that I, you know, I'm just here trying to learn. Like, how dare you say that that was offensive? Like, no, it's kind of like the Kevin Hart thing too, where he made inappropriate jokes 10 years ago. And then he was kind of like, well, you can't blame me. I'm doing better now. It was, it was an interesting defense that he had. I don't a hundred percent agree with him, but whatever. In the Me Too movement, that happened a lot of people too, where someone was like, man, that you know, now that you bring that up, I was harassed in the workplace 30 years ago. And they're like, yeah, but 30 years ago, we didn't know any better. Yep. Or the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing. Like, I hate, I hesitate to even bring that name up in this podcast because people are going to turn this off right now. Yep. But it's like, oh, he was in high school. You can't, you know, who knows what really yeah. happened. And he was just a, a kid and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I think like that is the problem is that you need to be, if you truly, truly want to learn and truly, truly want to evolve in your ability to have conversations about these types of issues, and if you truly want to try as much as you can to step outside of your privilege, then you have to be okay with being called out about being offensive. Yes. And about doing things wrong. And you cannot get defensive or you cannot get offended when you get called out. You need to just take that and say, okay, that, you know, this is good information, like redirect. I'm learning in this situation. Thank you for letting me know. I didn't mean, you know, sure. I didn't mean to be offensive, but thank you for letting me know. I see now how that could have, you know, how that was not the right way to say that. And the whole point of bringing up these conversations is to learn, right? And so if you come at it from the place of if someone's saying they took offense to something you said, you can't say, well, I didn't mean to be. So it's kind of like, well, okay, that completely shuts down the conversation. And I think that just completely defeats the whole purpose of trying to, to do better in the future. That campaign just really got me thinking. 
Yeah. And I even have experienced that. And we talk about that in our personal lives, just having conversations that are validating as opposed to having conversations that I'll even have that, those types of conversations with Brandon where, where I'll say, hey, listen, and this is a completely different you know, example, but the same kind of feeling is I'll say, hey, you know, it really frustrated me when you did that. And he's like, well, I wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be frustrating or, you know, it really upset me when you said that. Well, I was I didn't mean to upset you. Okay. Now this is about you. And what I really need to hear is, wow, I didn't mean to upset you, but I'm sorry that I did and own that and take responsibility for it. Because if, if you just stop with like, well, I didn't mean to, it's like, doesn't really matter that you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. What matters yeah. is that it happened. Scott and I had a similar conversation recently. Um, and I won't go into the details because it is something a little more personal. But the gist of it was that he said something that I took a lot of offense to. And I, I was like, this this really hurt my feelings the way you approached it. Because there was kind of like this, he asked a question. I, I know it's kind of vague. It's hard to explain when you're not like exact talking exactly what it was about. But the gist of the question that he had asked me had like this tone of kind of snarkiness behind it and I just remember being like I take offense to that question he and he his his you know defense was like well I'm just asking a question I'm like oh no you're not like you're (laughs) there's there's a lot of heat behind this question and the way you phrased it and I took offense to that so we had like this long conversation just about how I'm like when you you need to be careful about how you talk to me about some of these things because it's kind of from this place of like kind of a gotcha. It's almost like he sets me up to fail at times. And so we have a lot of conversations around that, like not meaning to, but I think there's times where we really have to dig into that stuff as a couple. But yeah, it's like, it's that with anyone, not just our spouses. Like I I think that's just, it's going to happen a lot more frequently when you're in a partnership. But when you're having conversations with people on social media or people are say, making comments on a post that you made where you can't be like, well, yeah. I just didn't mean to. And I think it's helpful to like relate it though to those day-to-day conversations. Sure. I think we've all had those experiences with our friends or our partners or whoever. And if you can kind of think about, okay, here's a time when I have felt someone said something to me and it didn't matter whether or not they meant it to sting, but it did then you can, you know, hopefully use that insight to apply it to larger conversations with, you know, groups about these things like the Gillette ad. You know, if you're, if that's like kind of, if you try to have a conversation, have a conversation with someone and they are trying to tell you like, hey, you're missing the point or the way that you, you know, are, are thinking about this or are talking about this or saying this is upsetting to me. I think this even goes back to our conversation about like the situation from Tahoe. Like, just tell me more. Right. So, anyway. yeah. So the, I will say this really quickly about the ad is I thought it was brilliantly done. And I don't think there's anyone who would argue that every single encounter that was shown in that ad, I remember when I saw all the social media stuff flying across my feed, I remember thinking, what the heck is this ad about? expecting to see something really offensive. Like there was so much drama that was portrayed in the media that when I was going to watch this commercial, I remember thinking, okay, brace yourself. They've done something really stupid. That was what I was thinking. And then I'm watching this going, wow, there's not, okay, agree with that. Okay, agree with that. Okay, yeah, bullying is not okay. Okay, um, sexual sexual harassment is not okay. Okay, got, you know, everything that I saw in the commercial was like, okay, I agree with all this. So what's the problem? Oh, that's the problem. Because I was like, oh, that and then I got really sad because I'm thinking if people are watching, like guys were throwing their razors away. Like, (laughs) really? I mean, 
and I am open to hearing if people are listening to this and completely disagree. I again, we are open to the conversation. But what I have a hard time with is that my interpretation of this is that we can do better because there have been a lot of really nasty things that have come up um, and come to light in the past. I don't know, especially five years, let's say that males can do better. But the thing that I don't like to hear is like, well, you're taking away our masculinity. Oh, okay. So, so you're equating a masculinity that you want to make sure that the boys that you speak to this, Claire, because you're raising a son, but like, okay, so you, (laughs) our definitions of masculinity are then completely different, right? Because if you're saying they're taking away our masculinity, I'm sitting here just completely dumbfounded going, wow, we have such different views on what masculinity looks like. Because if you're saying masculinity is like, oh, I can't whistle at a girl anymore. It's like, you don't get it. You just don't don't get it. it. And I think like, there's so many things that I, you know, so many things you could go back and be like, if that's what you're afraid of, you know, then X, Y, Z. But even Brandon and I have been having this conversation for years because one thing that Brandon is really sensitive about is that he doesn't feel like he kind of fits the quote unquote traditional mold of mas- of being masculine. Like he's really, really sensitive. I mean, the guy's literally a nurse, you know, he's in a female dominated career field of which there are very, very few. He picked like one of the only ones, <laughs> you know, he grew up with sisters, like he's not a rough and tumble guy. You know, he feels like he has a hard time um, relating to a lot of those more kind of macho quote yeah, unquote Yeah. And Scott's guys. the same way. Like yeah, he's and- zero macho. Right. And like I mean, in a like good when, way. Like I right. again, even saying that makes me like need to defend that. <laughs> right. No. And I think that that's the thing is it's like for some people, apparently masculinity is synonymous with just doing whatever you want and not having to answer for it. And that's what I take away. You know, my that's my personal takeaway. And people are like, you know, you can't even like compliment a woman on her legs anymore. It's like, nope, you sure can't. Or like, you can't even do this or this anymore. And it's like, actually, you know what? That's never been appropriate. It's just that finally now people are saying, you know what? That doesn't feel good. I'm not just going to let you do that anymore. And I think that it doesn't change the fact, you know, it's not like, and not all women are like that. Some women are like, I don't, I don't care. Say that stuff to me. Like it doesn't bother me at all. But I think when you, when you come down to like, what's the definition of masculinity? Traditionally, it has been very just, you know, I take, I'm a man, I'm here. I take what I want. I get what I want. And that's what defines me, you know, kind of like, yeah, I think I get what I want is a good sort of way to describe that. And that's not the case, you know, and even like, I think about that, like from a parenting standpoint, like, no, you don't get what you want. Yeah. You get, you know, you ask for things nicely. You treat everyone the same. Yes, please, you treat yes. everyone. Yeah. Yes, With please respect. Or no, thank you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is very basic. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I don't know. And I, but I, I, I do think there's a lot more conversation to be had around, you know, what does masculinity even mean? What has it meant? What is it evolving to mean? And, you know, I would hope that the conversation can go towards how can we expand the definition rather than how can we try to turn it on its head and and exclude a lot of these other things. Because I think that's the other thing, too, is like it's not that any of these masculine qualities are bad in and of themselves. No, it's the context. And it's the um, it's saying, you know what, even if you don't fit into this box, that doesn't make you not manly. Right. The other thing is the ignorance. And I think there's a lot of ignorance behind it. So it's kind of like, well, if I can't do this, then 
am I a man? It's like, no, it's in the context and you can do whatever the heck you want. But if you have an ignorant viewpoint of why this might be hurtful to someone or another gender, then please educate yourself. And I'd be curious too to hear from some of the males that are listening to this podcast, because I think we've got quite a good, we've got some really good viewpoints from people. And if you want to write us uh, on your thoughts around this, I'd love to hear it. And especially if you're raising boys, I'd love to hear from males. I'd love to hear from females. I'd love to hear from everyone weigh in on this. Because I, it just, maybe I am living in my bubble and maybe this is my place where I kind of need to be exposed to, I don't know, different areas of the world. But it made me kind of sad to see that people were responding with such fervor around something that I thought was really a good message. So if we're looking at this commercial, and someone is thinking that something's being taken away from them, I mean, that's kind of what it felt like was, oh, you're taking away my masculinity card. Okay. Okay. Moving on. That was just something that kind (laughs) of... Someone said the term burnt my toast this week, and I thought that was a great way to say that you're really upset. Really burns my toast. (laughs) Um, Let's switch gears real quick. Do you notice that my face is like really soft on our uh, video here? Can you tell? That is quite the 180. (laughs) Patriarchy, patriarchy. But how soft is my face? Uh, have you been jade rolling? No, I don't know. What are you doing? No. So yesterday I went to, there's this, there's this, uh, but I'd love to hear if jade rolling really works. I see people doing that and yeah. do you have one? I feel like, no. Yeah. Joy, of course I don't. <laughs> Sometimes you just surprise me. I mean, your nails yeah, no. are all nice and pretty. That's true. I did. I've been getting my nails done. Yeah. Mostly because when I go, I got shellac one time and now I feel like anytime I go in, I can't be like, will you just take it off so I can leave? I have to like get it redone. I feel the same way. Yeah. So, but I do need to just get taken off. Um, yeah. I, ha- you know what? I don't really know if the jade roller would be effective, but it does look relaxing. It looks very relaxing. So yeah. I'd be curious to know if it's worth the hype because I see a lot of people doing that. So anyway, there's a spa near my house that I've been wanting to go to just because every time I walk by it, I'm like, oh, it looks like a great place to get a facial. So I went yesterday and they did this dermaplane thing where they essentially just take the top layer of skin like dead skin off and oh, then it I'm just wanting to get that done it's like shaving kind of oh, right? and it completely takes off all the hair on your face my skin feels like a hairless cat it just is so smooth i can't stop touching it, it i'm not kidding like when you put your your finger on it you're like oh my gosh it's so soft so i highly recommend anyone who's looking to have like a baby's butt face it's like it feels so good. But now I'm going to like, now I'm addicted to getting this done. Well, and now you're touching your face so much you're going to get zits. I'm going to get zits. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I haven't. This is the first time I've been oh, doing it. But I, was, I felt so fancy. And then, of, of course, they're like talking to me about Botox and the girl's like, smile for me. And so I smile and she's like, oh, yeah, you should probably get it. And I was like, no, don't take me down this rabbit hole. <laughs> like getting all this done, stuff done to my face. I'm like, just need a facial, maybe some good products. Just- just here to for you just, to shave the just of my face. Do that, yeah. Okay, so I think we need to wrap up. We're almost out of time, but I I wanted to read a quick email from one of our great listeners because I just love your guys's emails. So you can email us at girlsgonewad at gmail Give us any feedback. We love your questions. If there's anything you want to see specific on the show, please email us. Questions, marriage hacks, things that are just kind of getting under your skin. We're here for you. So I'm not going to read the name, but she wrote us and said, 
I'm massaging your anxiety. I'm not going to yell at you. Was the ti- was the title? Did I already massaging? Read this? Yeah, messaging. She's massaging our anxiety. Oh, like she's like trying to make sure that we. Oh, got it. Have I read this? I don't think I don't think I've read this one. Tell me if oh. I have. I will stop you. Okay. I've been listening to your podcast for so many years now. I'm actually getting a bit emotional writing this email because I feel like I owe you both a lot. Mm. Throughout my mid to late 20s, fitness was the glue that held my life together as I dealt with depression and leaving an abusive relationship. My strength was my identity. Macro counting gave me focus. And at the time, these were good things. That rigidity gave me a focus and that focus kept me going. But I relied on it for too long and it became a crutch. Then at 29, I decided to go back to school and try to save to buy a house. My days started early and finished late and free time just didn't exist. So straight, so training stopped and I really struggled. I was overwhelmed. And the thing I always relied on to help me deal with stress wasn't an option anymore. It was a rough couple of years, but listening to you both of listening to both of you talk so rationally about how we feel, what it means to be fit, how we see ourselves, all of it helped me. Your open conversations have truly helped me grow as a person. Now I'm more concerned with making fitness truly part of life and being okay with how that looks is changing. For me right now, it's yoga, walking my dogs, and occasionally if I'm feeling sassy, a quick kettlebell workout. And this time next year, it could look something else and that's okay. It's just part of my life. It's not who I am. Amen to that. Just over a year ago, I couldn't imagine being where I am now, living in my own home halfway through my degree and a lot more at peace with myself. Thank you for making me think and reflect and laugh. I appreciate you both so much. P.S. Please do your marriage series again because I get married in three months and some days I can't believe how much I love my fiance. And other days he leaves his dirty towel right beside the laundry basket and I want to strangle him. You know who you are who wrote that email. Thank you for taking the time to write such lovely words. And we are here for you because fitness is a journey. Health is a journey. Life is a journey. Marriage is a journey. Friendships are a journey. It's all uh, it's all just one day at a time. Presence, right, Claire? How's your presence going? My ear presence? Yeah. I thought of you the other day because I woke up feeling really squirrely. There's some days where I just can't calm my brain. I just feel like I don't know how to explain it. It's just kind of like this unsettled feeling. And I just was like, presence. I'm going to take a page out of Claire's playbook and I'm just going to be present today. And it totally helped. I, just, I also think it's funny. Like, I thought of you the other day. Like, I literally am texting you like every 20 minutes all day, all week. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of you the other day. Oh, I have great. I would hope so. I probably had just texted you. <laughs> Still to this day, one of my favorite things, and I know I feel like I've brought this up recently, was the time Brandon was like, people don't realize that your podcast is just like a snippet of just a sick now, you know, almost six year long on totally. conversation. Totally. Someone okay. asked that the other day. Someone was like, it was a, I think, Instagram comment from one of our calls for questions. And someone was like, when you're talking just regular, do you feel like you have to record it? I'm like a lot of times it feels that way. Yeah. There's a lot of times when we're talking where I'm like, I wish we had a recorder right now. But even then it was funny because like a couple days ago, you were trying to set something up and you needed my social security number for something. And you're like, hey, has there like a secure way for you to get this to me? I was like, can I just call you? And you were like, oh, yeah, I guess you could. <laughs> Didn't even <laughs> cross my you. mind. Yeah. Didn't even <laughs> cross my mind. We just always text. Because we're always texting. I was like, yeah. oh, just yeah. give me a phone call. Sure. I guess you could use that great invention. Call the telephone. Your presence is... <laughs> 
not going great right now. Really? And I think, well, I think it's just like these last couple weeks of pregnancy, you really, it's so hard. Totally. To live in the moment. And I don't think you're really meant to. Like, I feel like if I'm trying to give myself, I, I try to be present in moments that I know are important. Like if I'm sitting there playing with Miles, I'm really trying to be present because I know this is, these are the last few weeks that he'll ever have my undivided attention like this. And I really want, you know, he may not remember them, like have clear memories, but I want him to feel, you know, that I'm present for him and that it's important to me to have time with him. And so that's been, you know, or if I'm like with Brandon, you know, just knowing that we're about to have a really big change to our family dynamic. Totally. I'm trying to be present in the moments that where I feel like I can connect with my family. Apart from that, I am really pretty checked out because I'm pretty miserable. I really just want like the next few weeks to fly by. And so I'm sort of also balancing that with being nine months pregnant is not fun. And I don't, I'm not doing myself any favors by forcing myself to be like super in it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, checking out is probably like one of the healthier things that I can do for a lot of these times where I'm just sitting there feeling nauseous and like don't want to do anything. And it's like, you know what? just going to check out for a little bit. I'm just going to listen to a book on tape or whatever and not stress about not being present for like every pelvis click. Yeah. And I think presence can also mean like, what do you need right now? Doesn't mean you have to be like 100% in your body. It can just be like, what do I need right now? Totally. Uh, Well, I think uh, another call for questions that I thought was really cool was when you did that post, I think it was on your personal page, your personal Instagram account for advice for how to help kiddos with the transition of a new sibling. And I thought that was really helpful if listeners have advice for that, because um, that's a real thing for little it's guy. It's a huge thing. And Miles yeah. is really sensitive. And yeah. I think Miles is unique in the sense that, I mean, I'm sure this is a lot of kids, but I think a, a lot of kids his age who I have been around, it seems like they either have really, really high physical needs or they have really, really high emotional needs. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to say that it's all one or the other, all, all or nothing, but most kids, it seems, tend to be kind of on, you know, leaning a little bit more towards emotional or leading a little bit more towards physical. And Miles is really full on both. Mm-hmm. He really needs a lot of physical stimulation and he also has really high emotional needs. And so it's already pretty tricky to kind of balance that. And then on top of that, he, you know, like over the last week or two, we've really started bringing the baby stuff out and getting her room ready and all that kind of thing. And he's really noticing it. And I think he's really starting to feel like, you know, his place in the pack is about to change right and the way that he and it's i mean it's interesting it is very almost like pack like where the way that he's been reacting to that is almost by like trying to assert his dominance like right you know i'm still gonna be the the alpha child here Mm -hmm. and so it's been interesting one of the things that has been really really helping and it was like almost night and day the first time we did it was a suggestion my therapist made because one thing I said to her, and somebody even also mentioned this on that post, was like, you know, we want to do this one-on-one time maybe, but I feel like if I give him too much one-on-one time or like take him out for a whole day or a whole half day, when we get home, that transition back out of one-on-one time will almost be so intense mm-hmm. that it will like undo any of the work, any of the positive things that just happened. And she said that there's, she didn't tell me what, that like, tell me the name of the studies or anything. We said there is research that supports that with kids his age, the best, the optimal amount of one-on-one time is about 15 minutes. And that gives them enough time to feel like you're really, you know, there with them, but not so much time that they can't transition out of it. Right. 
And she was like, so start that now before the baby gets here, find a time where it's 15 minutes, just completely whatever he wants to do. It's not bath time. It's not bedtime. It's not, you know, it's like just you and him for 15 minutes. And so we've started adding that. We used to just go straight from dinner into bath time. And now it's like, okay, after dinner, we have 15 minutes of special time. We can do whatever you want. You know, my phone is in the other room. I'm completely focused on whatever he wants to do. And then we go into bath time. And it's been, I mean, we've only been doing it now for like three or four days and it's made a huge difference. It's not going to be practical when Brandon's at work and I'm home with both the kids and trying to put Miles to bed while Brandon still doesn't get home for another hour. But, you know, we just kind of got to play it by ear. Yeah. You're going to anyway. do just fine. Ugh. Yeah, That's my biggest thing I'm worried about the transition is like bedtime because Brandon doesn't get home until 8 or 8.30 some nights, a lot of nights. And Miles goes to bed at 7, 7.30. Mm-hmm. So how... And it's already a lot of work to put him to bed. Yeah. So doing that... And it'll be fine the first couple of weeks because newborns just sleep. Right. Unless she has colic. I don't know. So, you know, these yeah, are just all the right. things in the So head. many variables. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <sighs> but listeners can give you some yes. advice if they have it. Let me know. If yeah. you have gone through this, and a lot of you have, how did you transition your toddlers when you had another baby to keep your toddler from just becoming an absolute nightmare? Yes. Thank you in <laughs> advance. <laughs> All right, guys. Wait, one quick thing. Oh, yeah. Do you have Wadapalooza FOMO? Because I'm starting to have it from watching it all weekend. We've been watching Um, the Instagram feed. We have to go next year. We've been seeing that for years. Mm -hmm. And last year, I had just quit my job. And I had, I think my grandma's funeral was that weekend or something. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go. That's fair. Yeah. And this year, I'm like, in theory, going to have a baby. So, you know, also fair. Next year. Next year. It looks like so much fun. Looks like so much fun. Like being there in January just looks like a blast because it's so cold here. We can get spray tans. Yeah, totally. They can spray abs on me. Spray abs. (laughs) So wonderful. So excited. Already excited. Going to book my appointment right now. Okay, cool. January 2020. Awesome. Spray abs. Spray tan abs. (sighs) All right, guys. Go to helloned.com. Discount code GGW. Talk to you. Next week is our live 300 a- episode, episode. It's gonna be can't so wait fun. for you guys to hear it we had such a good time all right guys talk to you next week bye